So, there was a big day in the tech world today with Samsung's unpacked event, and you know we got to talk about it. So, Vibe Drive, episode nine, start now. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech, and welcome to another episode of Vibe Drive. This is the podcast about tech. Hosted by the man about tech. And tonight's episode is very special because Samsung just held their unpacked event earlier today. Now, tonight I have two guests with me to talk about everything that we learned at today's unpacked event. First, I got my man Travis MCP, 20,000 YouTube subscriber on deck. And my next guest is Gregory McFadden, YouTube channel Greg Gadget, also has over 20,000 YouTube subscribers. They're both doing big things in the tech space. How are you doing, gentlemen? Doing, doing it big. <laughs> I'm just trying to do it big. If you if you combine mine and Travis's numbers, it's almost like you got like a real a real guest. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are too crazy, man. You are too crazy. All right, so let's let's get into this real quick. So I did a video covering the Galaxy Fold. Travis did a video covering the Galaxy Fold. I know Greg was thinking about doing a video. So Travis, let's start with you. What are your initial impressions of the foldable phone? What do you think about it? So I'm going to get more into the S10 series in a future video. But yeah, I went, so just behind the scenes stuff, the reason I went with a foldable phone is because I figured everyone was going to deal with the S10 today. So I'm going to deal with the S10 later in the week. And plus, I thought the foldable phone was a little bit more interesting. First of all, while we kind of thought we would see something of the foldable phone, I don't know that we thought we would see quite as much as we did. Um, They It was it was amazing how much they actually did hide from us. And one of the things I mentioned in the live stream while we were, uh, uh, Leron and my friend and I were watching the stream was, they're probably not gonna show too much of it because not much is leaked. And everything about the S10s had leaked. So I didn't expect much, but they came out with something really interesting. And I will say, as in my video this morning, all the way up until they showed the price, I was I was potentially in. I was potentially in because I was I was interested in is it conceptually as cool as it looks um, from kind of like, you know how in these, in these things they make it look fun and interesting? But if I on a, on a day-to-day, will I have as much fun with it? Will it be as practical? I know you've talked a lot, Viper, about how it's not practical, and you might be right, but I was like, I'm actually going to try it and see if it is. And then they were like, $2,000. i am like, no. Oh, that price, though. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> it makes your hair stand up. My God. Oh, Lord. No. No, thank you. Greg, what are your impressions of the Galaxy Fold? Ah, man. So I think it's a really exciting device. I know a lot of people are bashing it based on just the price alone and uh, the fact that it's it's very much a first-generation product of a new category. But I really do see the potential in a, in a device like this. But there are so many things about this device itself that is such a huge compromise. Like... The front of that phone isn't something I want to use. It it looks horrible to me. Like, I don't understand how, like, yeah, you can use it one-handed, but it looks like you're going back five years in terms of smartphone design. The only interesting thing to me is when you, when you unfold it. And then even from that standpoint, I don't know if it's... See, what I envision as, like, what I would want for, for a foldable phone is something that is probably about more closer to the size of like an iPad when it's, you know, fully unfolded. This thing has like a 7.3 inch screen. 
So when you get that thing in your hands, like if you ever used a seven inch tablet before, they're not like that big, even for like content, like creation. So like, like, like I have a hard time deciding if I want it the 11 inch or the 12.9 inch iPad Pro. And both of those tablets are huge in comparison. But but I am excited about the tech. And and I'm I'm considering buying one, honestly. No doubt, man. No doubt. It's like I said in my video earlier today. When you look at the front of this Galaxy Fold, it almost looks like an original iPhone. They say the screen is 4.6 inches, but when you see how the app is not optimized to cover that screen real estate, it looks like something like 3.5 inches of the screen real estate is actually being used. And I'm like, Samsung, what are you doing to me, man? What are you doing? Yeah, you know, the front part, when he had it folded in his hand, I remember looking at it and having this weird kind of a, not almost like a, a like if this, I was, as if I was watching this video five years from now going, oh, that's what the first one looked like because it was so, the video screen itself was so scrunched. And if you look at the video that they showed at the end of the uh, the conference where everything's in the future and you saw what it could look like with the full back, I'm like, yeah, that's what it'll eventually get to. And it'll make probably make more sense then. Now it actually looks like a, a proof of concept, um, which, you know, some people who want cutting edge, bleeding, bleeding edge want to be the first one to do that. That's great. I don't know that that's me because I like where they're going with it, but I don't necessarily like, I, I can't say I don't like where they started. They had to do something damn near impossible. The thing wasn't something you could do like a year and a half ago. So props to them for doing it in a way that actually at least seems reasonable. Some of these other phones we saw on CES and stuff are like, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, we know that CES is the show for concept that we'll never see in real life. But I will give them some credit. The the foldable phone is more exciting than I thought it would initially would be. It is a very good first step as far as innovating and coming up with new technology, but they have a lot of work to do. I mean, they got six cameras on this thing, and when you fold it out to its final form, you got the 7.3-inch display, but at the top right, you got that double camera system, which kind of messes up the app display continuity because you it's like you got the perfect rectangle until you get to that camera system and then you got like a little notch like type deal going on and it just looks kind of weird it messes up the continuity of the display i mean i don't really know what they could have done differently with that but it, it looks a little funky i'm also wondering how will this um not affect or maybe inspire apple like I'm sure they have their own design for a foldable phone and probably they even knew kind of what it looked like beforehand. However, um, I wonder if they're like not only kind of taking cues from design and try to make things maybe better than what Samsung did, but also paying attention to the way people are reacting to it and then making changes and improvements off that or if they're just locked and loaded and say, we're going this direction no matter what. I'd be really curious to see if Apple would come up with a design similar or something completely different. Well, I know you're probably familiar with this, Greg, because me and you, you we basically cover Apple news and oh, things yeah. like that. But <laughs> Apple was the original one to have this foldable phone patent thing happen yeah, back they, in 2016. They were they were the first. They've they've had this patent for a while, but this is uh this is very like like Travis is saying, this is an Apple move. Apple would not release the device that Samsung did. No, they would wait for someone else to release it, take the shots there, see where they can improve upon the design, see where they can perfect it. And then that's when like three years later or two years later, whatever, maybe Apple comes out with their own foldable phone that isn't this compromised. Because this, like I said, it's a very compromised phone when you look at it. Like just by looking at it, you can tell there's there's a lot of compromises to get to that point where it's not. 
I, I, I don't have the phone. I don't like to review things that I really don't have. But just based on looking at it, it doesn't look like a great phone and it doesn't look like a great tablet. So it kind of doesn't serve a purpose. And just on the price, even it's cool. It's cool. And I know like that's, you know, it's it's an innovation in a way. And that's why it's priced so highly. But you can buy you can buy an iPhone XS and an iPad Pro for less money and probably get a better experience. Wow. Yeah, that that is that, that sentence. That last sentence is hilarious. Yep. You just said that you can buy an iPad Pro for less money and get a better experience, which is absolutely true. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that just goes to show you how ridiculously priced the Galaxy Fold is. That you can buy an iPad Pro, which is already expensive AF. You can buy an iPad Pro for less than a Galaxy Fold. Mike, where where are we at in twenty nineteen <laughs> with technology? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but listen, and I think to Greg's point, um, getting the the appropriate experience from each, from the phone experience from the phone and the tablet experience from the tablet. I've always thought, I can't remember who it was. This was an Android phone years ago. I was excited about the phone that had a shell that you could snap into that became a tablet. I can't remember if it was HTC or something. This was years ago. I thought that was awesome. And I thought that might've been somewhere that, that the phones could have gone. I always thought that making your phone into the home desktop or, or the tablet at home, whatever, was a good experience. It could be a good thing, but no one's been able to do it in a way to convince large amounts of people to buy it. I still think there's something there. There's, I mean, obviously the note, you can you can use a micro uh, uh, USB-C and it becomes your desktop, but you don't really see anyone ever doing that. Um, and uh, I don't know, I would just like to see, I can't remember who it was that used to do that where they had the little the little tablet part, you take your phone and you'd snap it in there and now it's a tablet. And you take, someone I'm sure in the chat will say. That is a uh, very interesting concept. Asus, yeah, Asus. What, what was that phone at, I think it was CES, that it was a foldable phone and they, like people said it wasn't good, but they had one. I don't remember <laughs> the name of it. Flex uh, Royal or something like yeah, that? Yeah, the, uh, the uh, Flex Pi Royale. I think that phone looks better. Like, like the front of that phone folded up is like a full phone. Yeah, but it's also it's also bulkier from what I can from what I can see. And then when you unfold it, it looks horrible. Which the Samsung <laughs> one unfolded kind of looks nice. I, I don't yeah. know. I can't see it in person. That's the problem. You don't know if there's going to be like any Benzer there. But from what they showed on stage, unfolded that phone looks really nice. Uh, the I guess phone tablet looks nice. Yeah. Uh, you didn't see any. I kept looking for when they unfolded it, like little lines or something where the hinges were. You know, I didn't see it. Actually, I yeah. was just about to say that uh, my uh, my dude, Andrew, uh, Taylor the Tech, noticed that there is a creek going right down the middle of the phone, even when you have it unfolded out. Like if you have it folded out, you can visibly mm -hmm. see a creek in the middle of the phone, like going straight down the middle. So you should be able to. It would make sense. Right. But I didn't yeah. I didn't see one of the video stream. I, it's, I, you know. It's such a it's such a hard product because I'm sure all of us as people who are into tech are probably in a way, even if you don't like the phone, you're kind of into it because it's something that's new. It's something that's not really being done. But also as people who have to recommend things for people to spend their paycheck on, it's it's kind of like in this world of where like you're not really going to recommend this to anyone. But in right. a way, you want to see what it can do because you see you see the possibility of three years out of what this could be. Yep. Yeah, I'm all about that life. Uh, someone else buy it and let me check it out. I'm, I'm in for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a few years, it's going to be an amazing device. But right now, in its infancy, yeah, they got some work to do with that. Yeah, I think it's still better than most people's first shot. But I, 
I'll be interested to see what happens. And again, I, I brought this up in my video, and it's the thing that I think means the most. This is definitely kind of a test for the new thing, and they can't expect to sell a lot of these. They can't. I mean, you you can't expect to sell a lot. But will what is their number that they have to hit to consider it a good enough investment to continue to innovate? Like, is it gonna be twenty thousand of these? If they sell twenty thousand, they go okay. We knew we weren't gonna sell that many anyway. Now we can continue to put more money in R and D. Or if they go, well, we sold five thousand. We're never gonna iterate on it again. It was just a big waste. I think they're already down the path. I don't think there's anything that could happen that would like stop them. I mean, they're Samsung. <laughs> they did the they did the same thing like nine mm. years ago with the Galaxy Note phone, and everybody laughed at the new and look where we're at now with the Note. Yeah, but they sold enough. Like, and I, they those weren't two thousand dollars. Like, I, what I'm saying is, is like, I I honestly don't know how they can sell enough for it to be financially feasible for them to continue with the design unless they've already made a pact with themselves to say. We are okay with taking a loss on this product this first go around, which would be difficult for any company to ever do in any kind of way that have any kind of stockholders or anything that could ever say that. That would be the dumbest thing ever. So I, I'm just confused. Listen, Absolutely. Travis, we both did videos today, Travis, and I think we both came to the realization that Samsung is definitely accepting loss. The damn thing cost two thousand dollars. Good Lord, Travis, nobody's buying that trash. Come on now, who is buying a two thousand dollar concept? Who, Travis? Who? <laughs> Not me. Greg, are you are you buying a two thousand dollar concept, Greg? I'm. I'm I might in April. I want to see where my finances are, but I'm. I'm. I'm interested in the technology to the point where. I know it's not going to be something I'm probably going to like use and it's probably but that the kind of imperfect tech interests me because I wasn't reviewing technology when it was imperfect when like the first smartphones came out they were very like they weren't perfected yet so I think it's an interesting time to be here in this moment to to get your hands on that and to see what it is like like going back to like when like before pre iPhone or even when the iPhone was out there were still so many improvements that they had to make with those first generation phones that I'm kind of excited for it that I'm, uh, you know, $2,000, it's a lot of money, but I'm very interested in the phone that I want to see if I can get one. Now, make no mistake. The technology is amazing. The The idea of a foldable phone is something that, I mean, I guess some people are looking forward to. I mean, we have it. It's, it's concrete. It's, not, it's no longer abstract. It's out there in concrete, but it's still a $2,000 concept. <laughs> this is a fairy tale right here. What are we talking about? I'm going to need to see some practicality. I need to be convinced that I need this photo phone because right now I'm not convinced at all. It's crazy. I, again, I'm excited for it. I think it's I think it's a cool new step. I'm glad they stepped out of kind of the, the same old, same old. If it was just the S10, it would have been like, all right, you know, it's, you know, whatever, some cool new things, which, by the way, I'm going to take a different kind of uh, approach to the S10 kind of thought process when I do my videos because I think – that more than the phone, they made some really smart moves around the phone, not necessarily specific to the phone. And I, I like that Samsung is realizing that the industry has changed and they've got to change with it. So, you know, swing for the fences a couple of times. You're probably going to miss, but at least swing for them. If you're Samsung, you've had success swinging for the fences before. So, I mean... It'll, no, no risk, no reward, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see when this actually comes out if if there are fans of it because say what you will about the note phones they weren't that successful when they were first announced but they were there were note fans from the day one like loving their note and saying this is the future and they right. and they kind of got it right with like the big phones the first like someone was telling me on twitter today that you know 
Apple copied the note and yeah, they, they kind of did. They made like a bigger screen, but you know, everyone in the industry copies each other. But um, the, the first note phones, like they didn't get like the best reviews because there were some compromises with them, but they still had a very dedicated fan base. And will this, will this $2,000 phone have that fan base to carry it through? I'm thinking no, but I, yeah, I don't that's know. The problem. That's the problem. I think the people that will buy it. So then the question becomes who buys it? So it's not going to be your average consumer. That's just, that's out. So you're talking about tech heads. The tech heads who will shell out $2,000 are either going to be A, Samsung Knights, which will just accept anything, or B, people with disposable income that are going to be like, as long as it's worth $2,000. And they won't be as forgiving, I don't think. No. Uh, the Samsung Knights will be. So now you're, you've are you you've taken uh, what is a, a total number of people who could buy it. You've chopped off more than half right off the bat. You're left with half of it, maybe even maybe not even half, that are going to be maybe critical of it more so. And then you have this very small percentage that are just going to go ride or die with it. So I wonder how that will kind of uh, flesh out. Yeah. Yes. If the phone isn't better than the S10, if it's not better than the S10, and I, I don't think it will be, just based on how it looks and what you have to do with it, is the software even going to be there? Is there going to be any meaningful application that really takes advantage of that extra screen real estate you get when you unfold it? Is yeah. there going to be something like that? I I don't see it. So you have you have them releasing, you know, all these phones, and then you have a phone that's twice the price. Yeah. Is it really is it better? If it's not better, it's going to be torn apart. And again, I, I don't like to review products before I use them, but I just got to look at that thing and think how I would use it and think, well, as a phone, it's already not, it's nowhere near what the flagships look like now. Yeah. As a tablet? I don't know. <laughs> well, I will say this. They do have one other thing they need to overcome, and that is all the fire that Viper will be spitting every day until that thing comes out. When they come out with more information about it, they'll be like, oh, crap, Viper's after our necks again. Uh, if they're not going to be overcoming that. This this thing, to be successful, needs like it needs to be in like every Best Buy, and it needs to have like a line of people using it and like loving it. Like Even if they can't afford yeah. it now, it needs to have that like goodwill of like I really want this, but I can't afford it. Yep. I mean, yep. it's it's definitely uh it's definitely possible, but I want to go back to something that Greg said a few minutes ago. He uh he made the comment about how people are people were complaining about Apple copying Samsung and the Galaxy Note. Let me tell you people something right here. First <laughs> off, your myth your myth play brand loyalty ain't fooling nobody. These brands don't care about none of y'all, man. All they care about is getting your green. So right. you Samsung Knights, you Apple fanboys, y'all need to calm down. As Floth would tell White Shoes, calm down. But if I could be serious for just a moment here, let's talk about who really copied who first. Because there is evidence, there is public record, that there would be no Samsung Galaxy line of phones if Samsung didn't blatantly copy iPhone engineering to create their Galaxy line of phones. This is not prejudice. This is not me being an Apple fanboy. This is common public knowledge. There is books out there online that show Samsung internal documents showing how they copied the iPhone intentionally to create their Galaxy line of phones. So y'all need to calm the hell down. <laughs> That's true story. That's true story. I digress. I digress. Got <laughs> to get that out there. I will say one thing. I will say one thing. I think you're going to go to S10 now, right? I'll get ready to move there. Yep. <laughs> go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Get us there. 
Oh, you, did you have a last comment about the foldable? No, no, no. I, I want to get to S10. Okay. So I'll about to say, I think we beat down the foldable phone enough. So let's move on into the Galaxy S10. And my God, they released so many S10 today. My head is spinning right now. <laughs> what is it? Is it 2, 3, 10, 15, 24? There's a lot of them out there. But there are three models of the S10 that Samsung announced today. We have the Galaxy S10e. We have the normal Galaxy S10. And then we have the Galaxy S10 Plus. And I forgot, actually, there's a fourth model because then there's a Galaxy S10 5G. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of S10 out there in the wild. So this time I'm going to start with Greg. Then we start with Travis first. Greg, what is your thoughts on all these S10s that got announced today, man? See, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm kind of excited for the foldable phone, but these just kind of look like iterations. They have the hole punch. The design does look nice on them. They do look really nice. Um, I think I'm most interested in is it the 10 uh, S10e, which is kind of like going against the 10R with the 750 price point. That's what I. Uh, that's that's where I'm kind of excited for. But yeah, they look like good phones. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone should buy that 5G version because 5G is not for a while. I'll get to that in a minute, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they look like good phones. I'm not sure if I'm going to get any of them, but they look they look solid. Take it away, Travis. So there's a couple things. Number one, I think that they they is considering the way pricing for smartphones is going, they actually did what I consider to be a good thing. They topped it at just under $1,000. I mean, a dollar under, but just under. Um, they obviously are going after the 10R at the 750 pricing. Um, and I've mentioned in several videos that I think it's a mistake to have so many different options. And I think for sure, I, I, I was concerned, not concerned, I was disappointed they didn't price the 5G uh, S10. And I'm wondering if that means it's going to be closer to $1,500 or $1,300 or $1,400, somewhere around in there. Because Otherwise, why wouldn't you just tell the price now? Like it's only going to, and of course they didn't have the date, but I mean, that kind of concerned me. Other than that, I think they did a good job of the pricing. Although, like I said, from the get-go, I don't like three. Two is all the more you need. Um, I think you confuse people. Someone who walks into the store and wants a phone is going to see three different phones that look basically the same. And they're going to, what's the difference? And then they're going to, they're going to hear a couple of things. They're going to go, their eyes are going to glaze over and they're going to go, which one's the cheapest? And then they're going to walk out. And that's going to be millions upon millions of phones, how they're going to be sold, in which case that means the E is going to sell the most. If at the very least you had two rather than three and then try to explain that crap, you could say, okay, this is the lower and slightly smaller, blah, blah, blah. And this one's the bigger one with the better camera and everything else. And it's easier for someone to kind of understand that. When you go, well, what? how's the middle one different than the low one? Or how's the middle one different from the higher one? It, it, it's over confusion for no, no good reason. And furthermore, I think it also thins out your possibilities of, of, really gaining a profit mainly because if they're if they're doing something like an on-demand uh, manufacturing which i bet they are not that means they have to have all of those sizes and all of those colors pre-manufactured and you're not going to sell them evenly you're not going to sell the yellow 10e as much as you're going to sell the white 10 plus you're not they're not going to be done the same so at the end of the day you're going to have a bunch of crap sitting around that's not going to be used for all of them so it may not be like the expensive parts, like the processors, because I believe those are all the same. But whenever you start to create basically plan obsolescence within your brand new line, I think it's bad business. So I like the pricing structure-ish. I just wish they had done it with two instead of three, plus the however many colors. To your point, Travis, 
I actually, uh, me and John Proctor argued about this for months back when <clears throat> the iPhone 10R and the 10S Max and all that crap was going on. He thought the 10R would sell the most from Jump. I figured it would be the 10S Max, but ultimately John Proctor proved to be right. And I think we're going to run into a similar situation here. Now, the difference in that situation was that the 10R was released a month after the 10S and the 10S Max. But it looks like Samsung is releasing the 10SE or the S10E, the S10 and the S10 Plus at the same time. And if they do that, I agree with you, Travis, that the S10E will sell the most. Like, it looks practically identical to the rest of that line, and it's, it, it's cheaper. So I think that, like you said, because of that, Samsung is going to cost themselves a few bucks because more people are going to uh, – they're going to move towards the, the S10E because it's cheaper. It has practically everything the other phones have, and it looks like the other phones, and it's left money. So to your point, I think that the S10E is going to be the one that moves the most. Well, Jeff is there, and he just said in chat that the flat screen is dope. I wish we had an S10 Plus option with flat screen. And John Prosser on Twitter was talking about how he liked the 10 flat screen. I, I haven't seen a flat screen phone that I've really liked in a long time, so I'd have to see it close up. But Jeff is there. He has seen it. I actually really believe in his in his uh his thoughts on this so if he's really saying that that's that's the one that's really interesting so i wonder why i'd love to understand why that's so much better because i'm so used to the curved all right so i've talked about this a couple of times in my videos the flat screen is just better for typing like these curved screens are not the most comfortable to type on that's why i like i like buying a note phone because the screens are less curved and it's easier to type, but there's still you still get a little bit uh, discomfort when you're typing on a curved screen. But when I'm typing on an iPhone or another Android with a completely flat screen, it is a much better typing experience. And what is the one thing that we do more than anything on our smartphones? We're probably typing. So when you're typing on your smartphone, you want to have that optimum comfort when you're typing and a flat screen gives it to you. I don't know. Um... I have to again. I have to see them in person. And I, and I, like I said, I just think that too many. And I said this about Apple actually last year. I think they came out with too many versions of the phone. Uh, that was my my beef with all the phones they released last year to begin with. And it will continue to be my beef moving forward, especially in a market that's shrinking, not expanding. Yep, we know how the smartphone market is uh, saturating up real quick. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break here to fit in a sponsor, but we'll be right back. Right after this, so. We're back, and I'm looking at the, the presentation that they made on stage today. I'm looking at the different models, the S10e, the S10, and the S10+. Plus. Now, there are just minor differences between these phones. Like the S10e has, the, like you guys said, they have the flat screen. It has a 5.8-inch display. Obviously, the S10 has a 6.1-inch display, and the S10 Plus has a 6.4-inch display. Now, the S10e has a dual rear camera system. The S10 and the S10 Plus have a triple rear camera system. And the S10e has the smallest battery. It has a 3,100 milliamp hour battery. The S10 has a 3,400 milliamp hour battery. And the S10 Plus has a 4,100 milliamp hour battery. But, I mean, if you're looking at the, the, the phone, there's not much different besides what I just named out. Obviously, the S10 Plus has the dual front-facing camera. And the S10 and S10e have the single lens front facing camera. So, like Travis said, when you're an average consumer walking into a carrier store here in the, here in the US and you're trying to choose between the S10e, the S10, and the S10 Plus, I mean, like I said, they don't, the S10 doesn't, the S10e does not look that much different from the S10 and the S10 Plus. And it's the, the less inexpensive option, so, or the, the, the cheapest option out there, I mean, it's a no brainer to me. So, 
they're gonna be interesting though it's gonna be interesting are there any differences in uh chips for for these phones or? i don't think so i think they're all running the internals the, okay i think they're all running the uh the snapdragon 855 if i'm not, if i'm not mistaken i think they're all running the same chipset it's it's very interesting how how <laughs> apple strategy and samsung strategy seems to be almost exactly aligned with even yeah. down to the three phones the color options the pricing it's mm-hmm. it's very very similar. So it's. Did be you hear what I just said, Greg? Did you hear what I just said yeah. that Samsung did? <laughs> I mean, I just talked about this. Yeah. Samsung has a history of you know plagiarizing, looking over Apple's shoulder when Apple doing their homework. Samsung has a history <laughs> of cheating off of Apple. <laughs> yeah. I know the Samsung Knights are gonna hate me. They're gonna try to talk crap. But like I said, this is not prejudice. This is not be, be, me being a fanboy. This is documented fact deal with it <laughs> yeah but but it is it's interesting to me considering that for all for all intensive purposes you know you have the smartphone decline going or whatever the stagnation of smartphone sales so it's interesting to see like almost the exact strategy kind of play out when maybe it didn't really work for apple this year so i'm, I'm very i mean i guess their plans are probably made way in advance they couldn't really shift gears yeah. even if they wanted to but to travis's point that it's they topped it at a thousand dollar phone. Don't forget the next note. There's no way they can price that at a thousand. That's going to be yeah. your twelve hundred dollar phone. Yeah, right. Hundred percent. And, and yeah. listen, I got to buy it. I, I'm a note guy. That's, <laughs> that's my thing. I, I have no choice in the matter. It's 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 a wrap. But you know, interestingly, I think part of so this is a really interesting thing you brought up. How how they're kind of doing the same thing and. They neither one wants to be the company to necessarily price above the other. Necessarily, like Apple can say, uh, we're not really in competition with anyone. And and that's kind of true. I'll get to that in a second. But of course you want to do 749, 899. You want to you match it up because you don't want to be that guy that's $100 more. And they're like, well, well do I really want to spend? Because that's the last thing you want in a review. Well, for $100 less, you can get an iPhone, right? No one wants that. Having said that, it's rarely the case. And I use this as an argument all the time now. And I will say I got it from John Prosser. I hate to give him too much credit, but I love the guy. So I'll give him credit. Rarely is the case that you're trying to decide between an Android and an iPhone. You usually are already pretty much settled on which you're going to have. Either you're in iOS or you're in Android. It's it's a rare situation, unless it's someone who just really doesn't care. They just want a phone that works. It's a rare occasion you're going to convert anybody. Um, I think the people that do convert back and forth are people who just want something that's either cheaper or you know their phone is just about dead and they're just willing to try anything. Um, but for the most part, you either like Apple or you like Android, for the most part. Unless you're like yeah. me and Viper, we we like both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like most people are not going to be choosing between Apple and Android. Either you're in one camp or you're in the other camp. Like there's not going to be too many direct direct comparisons between Apple and Android. Like you said, Travis, either you're Android or you're Apple. I mean, at this point. <laughs> well, well, to counter Travis in a way, I feel like the 10R this year, you know the iPhone 10R, it kind of won over a couple Android fans out there who might not have one. considered, yeah, who might one. not have considered <laughs> iPhones before. I don't know if it would work in reverse for, for Apple customers. Like, probably not. Like, <laughs> and then, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see if people try and, and switch to, to the, to the cheaper version, the $750 version of that phone and, and see what the differences are. Like, is that, is that going to be the top selling phone or are people going to go for the more premium options? But, but Android is, it's competing against itself in a way. You know, it's, like you said, people rarely switch over. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, 
Android is it's got a much harder uphill battle because a unlike iOS, which an Apple who create the operating system and the hardware and they compete against no one but themselves. Android is like, you are a Samsung or an OEM of some type. You don't even make the operating system. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily control the updates in any real significant way. So you're just kind of an also ran. You've got a bunch of other companies that have the same access to the same software and you have to improve upon that. So you're almost running an, uh, like it, it would almost be better if Samsung and Google just said, all right, listen, we're going to do the official Google phone through Samsung, updates will be just like Apple, like all those things get moved. What the Pixel basically is, but Pixel made by Samsung. And I think that that's really the only way, because even Google has learned, has, has shown us that they can't overtake, they can't make a better phone than Apple can. They came close in some aspects of the Pixel, but just fell off and everything else. And I feel like the only way that Android will, will have a way that um, they can say there's an equal phone to an iPhone because there isn't, everyone can say, well, I like the note better or whatever, and that's fine. But what I'm saying is, is when you have control over the hardware and software all together from top to bottom, it's a different experience than when you're tacking on. Um, and I think it would have to, it would take something like a Google Sam, who by the way, don't necessarily like each other all the time, um, a thing to happen before that we ever see that. So let's talk hmm. about this real quick, because like Travis said, as good as the hardware is on these uh, Galaxy phones, they still run Android at the end of the day, and that will be a limiting factor for any Galaxy phone regardless. But we know that Samsung and Google work closely with each other on the foldable phone UI. Like, they worked in close cahoots with each other trying to get the UI working correctly for that foldable phone. So I'm wondering, at some point in time, will the foldable phone provide a better experience as far as the Galaxy phone is concerned than the regular Galaxy phone because that foldable phone UI is going to be tailor-made for that phone as opposed to the Galaxy, the normal Galaxy phones where they're just running regular Android. So that is an interesting thought in itself. I feel like Samsung, it's so funny we talk about like uh, Samsung stealing from Apple and whatever. I have found that in some ways Samsung leads uh, Android with features that eventually Google makes a part of regular Android. And they've been doing this for years. Um, uh, there's just so many different features that that uh, Samsung put into their phones that then eventually became Android specific. Um, and I wonder it, how deep can you take that before you start breaking um, the smoothness and breaking, because for the longest time people were like, oh, you can't have TouchWiz, it's slow and everything, but it was doing so much. Uh, it's not, it's not unsmooth anymore. It's not. It's not a slow. It doesn't lag anymore. And I don't even think they're calling it TouchWiz anymore. I think it's a, a Samsung experience. But people just continually call it TouchWiz. They'll even say that they don't like TouchWiz, but what will they name everything they like about a Samsung phone? And it's all the TouchWiz or, or Samsung experience stuff. Because I don't think they even realize what Touch TouchWiz was or what Samsung experience is. Basically, Samsung experience is Samsung envisioning Android. That is their version of Android in so many different ways. So they're going to have to do all their little tips and tricks because Android, as it is, uh, I think until Pi, I think, is Pi the first one that I think is actually going to support foldable? I think I remember seeing that a while back. They're yeah. actually going to support, yeah. So, I, and I don't know to what degree Google would even kind of support that other than to say, okay, you can open the screen. There's, a, there's your screen. It's going to be up to Samsung to not only do that, but to also support and 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 really encourage app developers to use those screens because as they said in the thing 
They have special apps that are specifically designed to take advantage of that, which means you have to get people on board. You don't have to for the S10 and everything else. Even if you make the screen bigger, it's just, it is what it is. Just another Android phone. But you start going with these weird kind of, same thing with a watch. Like they're, they didn't want to go with, with, with Google's, um, you know, wear. So I know Samsung is in, is, is one of those companies that I believe like the whole, the, what would happen if Samsung just said, we're not going to do phones anymore. What would happen to Android? I wonder. The innovation will lag. <laughs> it would be interesting because Samsung has <clears throat> definitely been the leader in innovation as it relates to Android. Like we would not have half the features on Android that we do today without Samsung and they're innovating. That's for sure. Yeah. One UI is the correction. Yeah. So the new one UI, which I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> I think Samsung's just to add on to that. And I think what like Samsung's main competition now and even Apple's competition in China, well, in China exclusively, are those Chinese phones that are coming up and kind of taking every feature from both yeah. companies right now. Yeah. Uh, I read something so, like Samsung's market share in China is like nothing now yeah. because of the Huawei's out there. So I think even like I think even Samsung recognizes that, you know, Apple isn't even really their competitor. They've always wanted to be better than Apple. They've always that they've always treated them as their competitor. But the focus has shifted to these cheaper Chinese smartphones that that's their biggest threat right now is is someone going to go buy a samsung or are they going to go buy a huawei right if they could if they could get into america <laughs> like the honor phones and stuff if you've ever played with those things they are amazing phones they're absolutely amazing phones i played with an honor 7 and an honor v40 or something the honor 7 i think is like 200 dollars, which you actually can buy on on uh, amazon but when i say get into america i mean and and uh viper knows about this because we talked about this when the oneplus 6t first came out that when you go to a carrier a carrier store and they have the phone that's when you've made it to america forget about being able to buy it on amazon that's not making it in america and i would even argue making it in best buy or something like that isn't quite making it to america once you're in the carrier store in my mind you've made it in america if they ever can crack that egg if they can get past our president and get in here and stop spying on things it, <laughs> it could be a wrap man those phones are excellent so i don't know no doubt no it's, doubt no doubt it's not looking good for them though no it doesn't anytime <laughs> soon <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they messing up no, no i don't no know doubt. if you caught the interview with their ceo this morning i think i saw it in like i heard about it like that well what was it what happened now, they were just going over, like asking him, "Do you do you spy and all this other stuff? Do you steal patents and stuff like that?" Uh -huh. I would just say his answers aren't weren't really reassuring. And the moment, <laughs> the moment, Define steal. Yeah, no, the moment, the moment I feel like it was just like a complete lie is when he's like, "Even if the Chinese government mandated that we do it, we wouldn't do it." And I'm like, mm, <laughs> I don't know about that. If they if they say you're doing it, you're doing it. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's China's government. They have a they have a system. You've covered this, Travis. They have a system where they the social currency. They track you with cameras constantly. Yeah. It's pretty terrifying if you think about it. Yeah, it's like by the way, uh, literally the president just told me to say that. So I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, <laughs> the president told me saying if the government told us not to do it, he would do it. And then. Well, like, uh, so I want to go back to something that Greg said earlier about uh, Samsung realizing who their competition is. Greg was uh, mentioning the fact that Apple is not really Samsung competition. It's more the Chinese phone manufacturers like Huawei and Xiaomi, Xiaomi, whatever the hell their name is, Apple, companies like that. But the only problem is I don't think Samsung has realized that Apple is not their direct competition. 
as evidenced by those ingenious ads that we saw last year. Because <laughs> if you watch any of those ingenious ads, it is plain and clear and crystal who Samsung feels like their main competition is. And it ain't no Huawei, no Xiaomi, no Oppo. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I want to go into this. And I normally don't deal with this in my comments, but since it's in the chat, hey, yo, genius. Number one, this is a Note 9. It's my main phone. I have a second Galaxy phone not 10 feet from me. I have a Galaxy tablet in a room behind me. I'm looking in my kitchen of upwards of $10,000 worth of Samsung hardware in my kitchen. What you got, player? Oh, what you got? What you got? Oh, oh, what you got? Hold on, y'all. For, for what you got? Hold on. Just for say. those of y'all listening to the audio only, <clears throat> this live stream is going on right now. We have people in the live stream chat, and somebody is trying to raft my man Travis, and Travis is giving them the business. Go ahead, Travis. <laughs> you got the two. I approve. Go ahead, man. I love people that think they know stuff, and they come in halfway and then try to say something. They look right dumb. Yo, man, get get off it. Get to, off. To it, be son. fair, he's right about me. So you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do cover Apple mainly on my channel. I mean, yeah. So. If you're gonna call somebody on this panel an Apple fanboy, Travis is the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to look at Greg. All towards me, and even I don't like that. I don't like that label either. Because if there's if there's a product I like better, I'm not gonna defend Apple. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I use Apple. That's you know, yeah, that's what it's dumb. I made a video about this. I might do a secondary version of it because I feel like people, um, they miss, they, I love how people in America will defend a Korean company and think that they're somehow patriotic because they forget that. Like Samsung's a Korean company, by the way. Um, and, and they forget, they seem to think that people, these companies care about you. I worked in a corporate office for well over a decade for a multi-billion dollar company. They give not two craps about you. And it's a company you've heard of before. They don't give two craps about you. So let me just be clear. Once they have your money, they're done with you. Anything beyond that, when you're not spending money with you, with them, is a cost. When you call them for tech support or custom service, you are now a detriment to that profit. Get off it. Ooh! For those of y'all that need that in English, Travis is saying that your brand loyalty is useless. Don't do it. <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry. what up? Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't don't you don't you dare apologize. This is the podcast, baby. This is a live podcast. Anything goes on Vibe Drive. I'm gonna I'm gonna burn the shirt right after the stream. Now I feel, I feel <laughs> no, no, no. you you leave that shirt alone, Greg. You leave you that, like, shirt that shirt alone. I like that shirt. I like Thank that you. shirt. I like that shirt. Yeah. Oh man, but like Travis said, like y'all got this misplaced brand loyalty out there, thinking about like y'all act like y'all dating these brands, like they coming to your Christmas dinner. <laughs> Coming to your birthday parties and stuff. They brand that show up to your equipment dinner. They, hey, they better be cutting you a check, son. If they're not cutting you a check, you paying them. Hey, I've I've, I've got a personal email from Tim Cook. Okay, I think I think. Oh, all right. I remember. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. You might be. I remember he used to do that. I remember. He did, um, no, not Tim Cook. Um, 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 Steve um, Jobs. Steve Jobs used to yeah. answer every once in a while. Yeah. Did no, you get I, one? Yeah, I emailed Tim Cook. He answered me back like twice. Wow. What do you say? What'd you ask him? Uh, it was, it was way back when like I got my Apple watch and I was starting losing the weight and I was like, I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna say like how much I like love this product. And he like emailed me back. He's like, Oh, that's so awesome. Like great job. That was cool. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, speaking of, speaking of Apple watch, then Craig being talked to by Tim cook, our buddy Greg here was featured in a Jonathan Morrison video 
oh, uh, right. talking about how he lost 100 pounds using his Apple Watch. So when Greg says he loved the Apple Watch, he's not getting around. Yeah. yeah. And again, if, oh, thank you. If if Samsung came out with like a watch that did it better or something like that, like I I'd, I'd switch, you know, like that's but I or, you know, the products I not even that they don't do it better, but the products that I prefer to use, that's what I'm going to use. Like, I don't want to go full on, like, even though my channel is very Apple focused, I would never want to put the label of Apple fanboy because that implies that if there's something that I personally like better, I wouldn't tell people about it and go, oh, I'm. I'm secretly using Twitter and I'm on Android <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, like you're not you're not gonna see me do say like, oh, the iPhone's the best, and then all of a sudden it's like Twitter for Android. You know, that's not. Yo, <laughs> speaking of that, actually, one thing I saw during the the Samsung thing that actually really excited me was something that I've always been jealous of through uh, Apple, which is the continuity phone call thing with their new tablet and everything. And I know that. Um, it's something that Apple's had for a long time. It's old, and I know that there are apps you can make it work. I get all that. I wanted it native, and it looks like it's finally here, and that excites me. As small as that may seem, I like to be able to just come home, put my phone away, and I'm usually on my tablet, and just be able to take my calls and do my texts and everything directly from there, natively, without having to open up an app. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's it's one of the reasons I love being in the Apple ecosystem is having that continuity of being able to like take a call on your Mac, airdrop something to your iPad, all of it working together like that. So the more Samsung can do that, that's great. Yes. So we had another product unveiled at the Samsung Unpacked event today, the Galaxy Buzz, Samsung's direct competitor to the AirPods. And in a couple of ways, the Galaxy Buzz are actually better than the AirPods. They give you one more hour of battery, battery life at each individual bud. So Apple gives you five. The Galaxy Bud gives you six hours in each individual bud. And they are less expensive than AirPods. And they can also wirelessly charge. By the way, that reverse charging thing is is one of those many things you'll probably never do for two reasons. I mean, it's cool tech thing that's like, oh, I can do this thing that I will never do. Because A, how often is it going to be that you're willing to sacrifice battery from your phone to anything else? B, it's incredibly slow charging if it's anything like the, the, the what is it, Mate 10 or Mate 20 or whatever. And C, like... I, I don't even need C. Forget about C. A and B. You want to sacrifice your phone to charge up your little your ear pods? No, you're not. Stop it. For 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 the ear pods, you might because the battery in them is so small that if you're if they're dead and you like want to listen to music, you might do it. Charging someone else's phone isn't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. On on, on Twitter, uh, technically T was just like, "You're not stealing my battery from my phone. You didn't charge your phone." <laughs> <laughs> that, had me is in it. that had me laughing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I mean, I ain't gonna say no, but I tend to side with technically T on this issue. Yeah. You're not using my battery. I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. <laughs> ain't happening. <laughs> you at the well. I like the thought behind it, but it, uh, come on. Yeah, if you travel, you would. Nah, man. Nah, it's not gonna I'll just take a little micro USB cable with me, man. I'm not gonna do it that way, play. It's not gonna happen that way. The one, the one thing, like the the Galaxy Buds, whatever they're called. Um, I, what one thing I don't understand about these competitors is their cases always look so much bigger than AirPods. Mm. And I've only seen pictures of these, but I don't understand why their case is always so like it's so much bigger. It looks like that wasn't even the thing that had me concerned. Is that the air the AirPods themselves look really big? Yeah, that too. Like that's always the thing. Like, well, that's why they need a bigger case because they're bigger. 
right now for anyone who's who like like i don't like earbuds which is why i never do reviews of them but um if you check out uh flossy carter he's been doing a lot of them lately and his last couple of videos have been really good about uh ear pods and i don't know that other than getting these for free i don't even know why you would necessarily want to get these um because there's a lot of other really great options out there so i don't know jeff is saying it's very yeah, small jeff it's small it's, yeah jeff okay. is there they always look big in like the photos but again yeah they might be small <clears throat> Man, we need to. I hope Jeff, you're doing some video for yourself too while you're there, man. I hope you. <laughs> I, I'm ready to watch the channel and see what's up, man. I hope you got some video for yourself. Oh, you know Jeff getting his video in. Don't you worry, Jeff getting it in. By the way, super shout out to Jeff. And as soon as I can figure out how I'm going to use these in probably tomorrow's video, I will. He sent a bunch of pictures to me. I asked him. Um, actually, asked him to see if he could get pictures of the fold, but I guess the fold wasn't there, which I think is also interesting. Um, but he took. He sent me a bunch of pictures of the S10 that you know you won't be able to find online because he specifically took them. So. Big shout out to Jeff. And as soon as I figure out a way to place him in this next video, I'm definitely going to shout him out. I greatly appreciate that, uh, Jeff. It was very nice of you. Oh, really? Oh, I'm about to talk to Jeff. Did it? That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I need pictures of that uh, S10E. That's what I need. <laughs> there you go. So uh, I was talking about differences between the phones earlier in the podcast. And one difference that I've neglected to mention is that the S10E has the fingerprint sensor on the side of the phone. But the S10 and the S10 Plus have the ultrasonic in-display fingerprint sensor. So, Greg and Travis, I'm interested to get your thoughts on the new fingerprint sensor technology that was debuted today. As far as the sonic portion? Yeah. You know, I it's funny. When they were going through that, we were I was, I was on a live stream at the time, and I was like, um, your average consumer, most people aren't going to care what the technology behind it is. Just have it work. And allegedly, this is going to work better and faster, which is great. I hope that's the case. Uh, I wouldn't know unless I tested it next to something like a OnePlus 6T. Um, so I don't really care about the technology behind it. Like, that's not my affair. My my only concern is, does it work? Does it work fast? Does it work accurately? Can I fool it? Like, those things that I really care about. So I don't really care that you're using uh, ultrasonic. I can use freaking Smurf under the glass. I don't give a crap. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, same thing. If the technology works and it's fast, that's great. If it's slow, then it's it's like a downgrade. Like, yeah, you put it behind the glass, but big whoop, you made a worse experience for your customer. So as long yep. as it works and it's fast, that's great. I would have rather seen something like a like a real good face ID kind of uh, competitor. Like that, yeah. I would like to have seen. And this, mean, is the, uh, this is the Apple fanboy in me that coming out, but <clears throat> I don't care what fingerprint sensor technology you use. Ain't nothing messing with face ID, man. Right, Whew. yeah. I think what a lot of people don't understand about Face ID compared to like a fingerprint scanner, because this is the argument I always see in my videos when I mention it, is like when I take my phone out, I can have it unlocked with my finger already. But that's not really where like where I like Face ID the most. It's when I'm already in my phone and I go to a website and it's like it just logs you in. Like yeah, you don't have to yeah. think about it. Woo! That's that's the magic of it. When you go to use like a like if you use like a password manager and it just scans your face, you don't have to think, oh, let me reach for the back on the fingerprint sensor. That's that, like those are the instances where Face ID you use it way more often than like unlocking your phone, and like I don't think people understand that. They don't. And here's the thing: it does the the note and stuff does have um, iris scanner, which is great. I actually do like it. Uh, having said that, uh, it it is does not is not as fast as Face ID. I even did a video about this a while back, and people were like, "Oh, it's a paid Apple agent." I'm like, listen, let me explain something to you. I don't give two single craps who makes what. Only thing I know is I like what I like. And if I like it, I like it. And I know that I used to love 
fingerprint sensor and I used to love iris scanner. And then I tried face ID and I'm like, what is this witchcraft? And why is it better? It is better. Don't care what you think. Take your feelings elsewhere. If Samsung had it, I would love it just as much. I don't give a crap who came up with it. I just know it's better. Just saying. So Jeff just shared uh, pictures of the Galaxy Bug case on Twitter with me and me, you and uh, yep. I see me, uh, Travis oh. and Greg here. And it's really, it is small. It's very it tiny. I need, I need a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get the scale, son. Wait, so do you have it right now, Jeff? Is that is that yours or, or, or Jason's or whatever? Oh, yeah, I guess it would be, huh? Because they yeah, got their own. Huh? There, yeah. It, yeah, it, it does look small. It definitely looks small. No oh, doubt. so Jason can, or sorry, so Jeff can do a review on this, which is great because, um, you know, he has a lot of, I, here's the thing. I'm actually excited to see Jeff's review of this because he has a lot of experience with uh, ear pods. And I, yeah, I'm in for that. I mean, I'm, Jeff, Jeff, get on that, man. I got to. I got to talk to Genosis in the chat. I just said that it wasn't about unlocking your phone. It's about when you're in your phone and you're using it. That's that's where I feel like Face ID excels. Even if yeah, it is faster to get your fingerprint, like in your pocket, technically, yeah, that's going to be to every time. But it's when you're using the device that it's really, yeah. that's where I really like it. Yeah, I, I don't, SCS, I think is missing what I'm trying to say. Uh, I, I don't think you, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Saying it is objectively better and more secure. I'm not talking about that. I don't think I said anything about being secure at all. I said it's better. And and Face ID on the iPad Pro is even better than the phones, which is like awesome. Unless you're covering the camera. Then. Yeah, I'm about to say I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But but the angles, the angles it works at, yeah. it's way, way you get like the sensors are farther apart. And then it's just like anytime like I'm at a desk and it's like sitting right in front of me with like the keyboard propped up, it's just like it's it's open. I, I love yeah. that. See, I have both. So it's not like I'm in one uh, ecosystem and not in the other. I've been in Samsung much longer than I've ever been in Apple. Much longer. We're talking Note 2. And we're actually, we're talking S2. Like, we're talking S2. Matter of fact, before that, Samsung flipped things. So we're talking a long time ago. It, it's, it's better. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. If You can either believe me or not. It's fine. But now that I have both, I have access to both on a daily basis. All right, so we got a few minutes left before we get out of here. I want to go back to uh, one of the uh, biggest obstacles that I see with the foldable phone moving forward, and that is the app support. I think today when they were demoing the Galaxy Fold, there was only three apps that were like optimized to take advantage of the full 7.3 inches and how the app worked on that screen real estate. So I think it's going to be up to Samsung to get more app developers on board with that foldable UI so they can optimize their app because as we saw today, the app clearly need work as far as optimization <laughs> goes. So I think that's going to be the biggest optimal uh, moving forward to get more and more app optimized to work properly on that foldable display. And after that, the guy's the limit, really. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Greg? Are you trying to say that the developer can't get it done? <laughs> I'm saying that the Amazon app on iPad has been in black bars for years. Oh, the bird! Oh, he is not kidding. I have an iPad Pro, and as Greg just correctly stated, the Amazon app still is not optimized for the iPad Pro. So like, what is really going and on? It, and it took Google getting their like certificates pulled for them to update all of their apps. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Oh man! All right, fellas. Before we get out of here, do you guys have any last thoughts about what you saw today at the Unpacked event? I think it was overall a very successful event. I, I am excited for the tech. I'm, I'm actually super again, super excited for the foldable phone to see where it goes. 
maybe not necessarily this iteration, although I'm very curious about it, but certainly the the very bold step they took. Super interested in that, super excited about that. The S10s, uh, you know, look like we knew they would look. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just really excited about the Note 10, to be honest, because I every Note's better than the S, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, the Note 10 is going to be a beat. Man. Yeah, someone who doesn't really cover Samsung too much, I thought the event was pretty good. Um, I hate watching other like events though. <laughs> the people they bring on stage, those, those like they brought like the network carrier CEOs. <laughs> oh so my god, that was like, terrible! I'm like, why? Dude, why are they doing off. this? But, oh, it was terrible. But uh, <laughs> thoughts about the phones? They look good to me. I mean, they look they look like premium hardware. Um, the whole punch thing that people were complaining about before it was even out. I'm sure it's it's not gonna be an issue. Like just like with the notch, it's like it's whatever. Looks fine. And uh, I'm I'm excited for the foldable phone. I'm I'm still debating if I should pick one up. Luckily, the pre-orders didn't go up tomorrow. I can wait till April and see see what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so, as the captain of Team Apple, I need to give a shout out to Samsung for putting on an awesome event today. Because back at the iPhone keynote in September, I was bored as hell. Like I was legit bored, and I'm an Apple guy, and I was bored. But what Samsung did today was amazing. I was entertained pretty much cover to cover. Like you guys said, except they brought out the Verizon CEO. Why? I don't know. But the other thing I need to mention about this event, I need to talk to directly to Samsung CEO, DJ Cole. Bro, I got to talk to you. Every Samsung event, Mr. DJ, you come out there and you give us your, give your spiel. And you're the CEO of Samsung Electronics. I understand it. I get that. But, dude, we do not need a 15-minute lesson every time you come out on stage, man. You single-handedly slow the momentum down of every Samsung event because you take too long with your speech. You need to shorten that stuff up to about seven, eight minutes. Help five minutes if you can do it. But you do not need to be talking to us for 15 minutes at a tech event. We are not there to hear you talk. We are there to get the product and find out about the product. So DJ Cole, this is a polite message from the boy, Viper, the man about tech. Pump the brake, bro cut your speeches down or get your speech writer or get a new speech writer because your speeches need to be left. You are taking way too much time on stage. We don't need all that. You're doing too much, DJ. You're doing too much. So please, for the unpacked event in August, for the Note 10, five to eight minutes. Most of my YouTube videos are five to eight minutes, so I know you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Five to eight minutes, calm it down, walk away. That's it. I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. I know I can't be the only one who, when he gets up on stage, I'm like, oh, boy, 15-minute bathroom break, let go. I can't be the only one. I feel like someone, uh, I was on the live stream, and they were like, you're trying to get we're trying to get our money's worth. But we ain't paying nothing. So I don't need my money's worth. Just tell us what we already know. You know what would have been pimp as hell is they could have done, I'm glad they did the fold first. They could come out and go, listen, you guys know everything else. Uh, we'll see you guys next year for the uh, S11. Uh, everyone else can go check him out. Like a 20-minute conference. <laughs> like, you know everything. We leaked it. I'm out, son. Drop that mic. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mr. Greg Gadget, tell the people where they can find you at, man. Uh, you can find me at my YouTube channel, Greg's Gadgets. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I got the name. I got my real name on Twitter like a while ago, so that's what I kept because I don't know. I thought it was pretty rare, which is at Gregory McFadden. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome, awesome, Mister Travis. Tell the people where they can find you at. 
You can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, YouTube at Travis MCP, Michael, Charlie, Papa. And we doing it big. And whenever I can, I try to be on that Friday Night Viper. But that thing is locked down, son. You got to be big time to get into the Friday Night Viper nowadays. I'm trying to get my 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 opinion. Uh, I'm trying to get in there sometimes. Trying to sneak in there. I can't get in there. So I got on Wednesday Night Viper is what I got on. I'm, I'm good. I've been relegated. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're the C-list. <laughs> wow. Y'all are nuts, man. Y'all are nuts. But if you guys are listening in the live stream today, Thank you, or tonight, thank you for showing up tonight, listening with us. If you're listening to audio only, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, if you guys want to donate monetarily for the, to the podcast, help support the podcast, there is a buy me, buy me a Coffee link, which is a one-time donation. Link is in the description of the live stream and in the show notes of the podcast. Also, Anchor is now allowing a listener support feature where you can donate monthly to the podcast if you want to do that as well. There is a link in the show notes to take you to the Anchor listener support page where you can donate on a monthly basis if you choose to. It is not mandatory. It's not required, but it does help me out and help support the podcast if you want to do that. But as always, I thank you guys for listening and rocking with your boy. Love each and every one of you. Thank you. Greg, Travis, it's been a pleasure having you all. We got to get together and do this again sometime. And before we go, uh, all of Greg and Travis's information will be in the show notes. So if you missed it here, don't worry, it'll be in the show notes of the podcast when it comes out in a in a couple of days. But until the next time, baby, get your boy Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me. So come back for more.